Welcome to the Mompreneur Guide Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Moran. Just like you, I'm a mom entrepreneur on a mission to live a present and productive life, to be around for all the moments with my kids while also following my dreams and passions. Join me each week as I uncover a new tip or trick that will help you live your life just as you want and with as much ease as possible. Let's get started with today's episode. Hello, hello, everyone. Thank you so much for coming back to the Mompreneur Guide podcast. Today is an exciting episode because I have my personal sales coach, Michelle, with us here to talk through how we can stop doing all of the sales activities and start doing the ones that are right for us. I'm going to hop into Michelle's bio, tell you a little bit more about her, and then Michelle is going to take it away with all of her amazing tips and tricks that I have personally used in my business to transform from a styling business into what I'm doing now. Michelle Terpstra is a master sales coach and mentor who helps entrepreneurs create irresistible offers and sell with ease. Through her premier online sales school, the Sales Success Lab, Michelle helps business owners craft a stress-free sales system that works for you, all while freeing up more time to do the things you love. Michelle is on a mission to help entrepreneurs fall in love with selling, enjoy being visible, and cultivate a group of raving clients that build both your business and your bank account. Michelle is the coach that I mentioned who helped me transition from my styling business to the mompreneur guide and the number one lesson she's taught me that I knew I had to share with you is there is no one right way, no one size fits all way to market and sell in your business, which I love because I'm sure as we're going to get into, I am not a fan of the my one way or the highway sales strategies that are out there today. So today's conversation is definitely going to be a breath of fresh air. Michelle is going to teach us how to find the marketing path that's right for you so you're not doing all of the sales activities, but just the high impact ones that will provide you with the best ROI. I can't wait to share all of her amazingness with you. So thank you so much, Michelle, for being here. Before we get started, can you walk us through your mompreneur journey and the highlights or breadcrumbs, as I like to call them, that have gotten you to where you are today? Thanks, Megan. I am so excited to be here with you. You have been so amazing to work with, and I'm really honored that I was able to hop onto your podcast and share some really valuable action steps for everybody listening. So I'm really pumped to be here. Yay. Yay. So, okay. So let's break down my journey to being a mompreneur. Well, first of all, I started out in a nine to five. So for 10 years, I worked for three different fortune 500s as a sales leader working a nine to five. And anybody listening who's ever had a business development role knows that the networking events, the traveling, the evenings, the dinners, the cocktail hours, It was fantastic and fun before I had children. Like one of my favorite jobs that I had was working for a company called Thomson Reuters, and I was selling software to CPAs and large corporations. And the reason why I loved that job is my territory was Hawaii. So every like six to eight weeks, I was just hopping on a plane to go over to Hawaii and I would stay in Honolulu and it was so much fun. And there was actually a crew of us that all kind of had the same cycle. So I had these friends that I would go and meet there. Now that's really cool and fun, but when you become a mom, that becomes a lot more stressful than it becomes fun. At least it did for Mm -hmm. me. And so as I progressed through my journey of working in nine to fives and trying to juggle all of the things, the nine to five, the children, my husband, my own self, my freedom, self-care, all of the things, it started to become frankly really overwhelming because I felt like I couldn't find 
that perfect mix, that perfect balance of financial freedom and lifestyle freedom working in a nine to five. Mm -hmm. And so I really had to have like a come to Jesus Mm -hmm. moment with myself, my husband, my family, and think about what is it that I want? Like, what is the priority for me and in my professional life, but also my personal life? And so that took me down a journey of realizing how I could repackage all of that sales expertise and go to market as a sales coach and a consultant to help other small business owners master their sales skills, their processes, so that they can grow their business. And the reason why that felt so in alignment for me is one, that I got to use all of my expertise. And not only my professional expertise, but I ran a Toastmasters club for a long time. And sales has a lot to do with your presentation, Mm -hmm. right? And also, I always joke because you know how people say you never use your college degree. (laughs) Like, why do we go to college? Unless you're going to be a doctor or a lawyer, you don't Mm -hmm. need it. But my undergrad degree is a BA in communications. And communications, what do we learn? basically how to sell, negotiate, and come to win-win situations. So by having those three things and then going to market with my business, for me, it felt good, but it also felt good. Like I call it the ripple effect. So if I teach you how to sell, then that means you get to sell. And when you get to sell, it means you get to change lives too. So I'm working with about 40 clients right now. And the other day I literally did some math on how much each person does on average in revenue each month or how many clients they have, or how many people they reach. And I was like, I am making an extraordinary impact way beyond my ecosystem that I can't even quantify. And for me, that is so beautiful. And that's a legacy that I hope that my kids see versus going to my nine to five every single day. Cause I personally felt like I couldn't make the same impact mm-hmm. there. And I just really encourage you. If you come from a nine to five, don't take the nine to five mentality into your business. Mm-hmm. It's super important that you sit down and figure out how you want to grow something, not just financially, but for your lifestyle mm-hmm. too. And I am just really, really happy right now with taking the mompreneur leap. And that's another piece of the puzzle that I love to help my clients learn as well. I love your story real quick, a few details on it. So you were doing your nine to five for 10 years. And then how long did it take you to transition from doing that to mompreneur? Like, did you just jump right in? And and then how many years has it been since then? Yeah. So I had one sales position that Thompson Reuters <laughs> job that I had, and I actually freaked out and quit my job when I was pregnant. I freaked out. I said, there's no way that I can work and do this job. I was like the first one out of all of my friends to have mm-hmm. kids. And I didn't have that guidance point, And I literally had a panic attack. So I ended up quitting that job and I stayed home for a little bit. And then I realized, Oh, goodness gracious. I'm not meant to stay at home. And so I went right back to work and, and I absolutely loved that job that got me back into the Mm -hmm. workforce. And then I continued on, but my story of starting my business is I actually just one day I came home from a networking event that I was out till nine o'clock at night, talking to people that weren't my family, Mm -hmm. didn't know if they were going to buy or not. And I told my husband, this is insane that I have two young kids, a wonderful husband, this beautiful life, and three nights a week, I'm out at cocktail parties or dinner parties. This isn't working for me anymore, and I don't want to do it anymore. And so we made the family decision that it was done. So literally, I was done in January, 
and launched my business in March. So it was very quiet for January Mm -hmm. to March because what I was doing, which I encourage everyone to do if you're making this leap is to go out and observe what the marketplace needs, observe where your expertise can fill in the gap. So I did a lot of what I would call social listening. Mm -hmm. And I did a lot of just casual conversations with other entrepreneurs to really identify how can I be valuable? right? How can I be valuable? So I took that 90 days and then starting in March, I launched my business and by launching my business, I mean my Facebook group, right? Yeah. <laughs> like I didn't have all of my offers figured mm-hmm. out or anything. I just really nurtured mm-hmm. my group a ton for about 30, 45 days before I started making some offers. And the first thing I sold was a $5,000 coaching mm-hmm. package. And the reason why I bring this up with everybody is that If you want to sell something low ticket, you can, but you do not have to come out of the gates thinking that you are not worthy to earn a big four figure Mm -hmm. payout. Okay. And there are a few things that you need to have in place clearly to be able to Mm -hmm. do that. But this is just my encouragement to everyone that like you can come out of the gates selling something Mm -hmm. big. I love that. A few things I want to touch on in your story. And then I think we need to continue on that conversation of the strategies that we need to have in place to find the right marketing paths for us. I love that you talk about the ripple effect and how that really paired into your mission and your legacy. In my audio training, The Mompreneur with Ease Method, which is my life framework for living a present and productive life, I walk everybody through clarity and how you really need to have clarity, as we've talked about, on what it is that you want to do. And so I love to hear in people's stories when they've done it on their own. You mentioned not only did you think through your mission and your legacy, and you had that moment with your husband where you're like, what in the world do I want to do? Which you helped me through that (laughs) on my own. But then you also paired that in with your boundaries and you were being proactive in deciding when you want to work without compromising your revenue, which I think is something that a lot of women I've talked to on the podcast started with a corporate job, did the transition, and then they made that like side hustle point over into the full-time. And I think it's amazing to hear that you had all of those pieces of the puzzle in place. You took that time to sit and listen, just like you helped me through. And then that has grown into nurturing and now into your business and all the amazing strategies you're able to share with people. And I love how you explain it takes time. And it takes that stillness and you started with your coaching package. And I know you've tried lots of things since. And like you mentioned, it wasn't right when you first started, but you got those foundational pieces in place and have since soared. So thank you for sharing your story. I just always think it's so helpful for people to be like, okay, I'm not crazy wherever I am in my story. We've all been through it all. We're all going to continue to go through it all. And it's the right steps for you. So tell us, walk us through your strategy on What are the right steps for marketing our business? How do we figure out what the right path is for us so that we're not doing all the things and we're not forcing ourselves into a box that's not in alignment? Because I know you're always helping me figure out what do I actually want to do, not what is the latest trend right now that I should be doing to grow my business. Yes. I mean, shiny object syndrome is the real deal, especially in online entrepreneurship. Every single time that I open up my phone, I have a new ad from a new marketer that's teaching me how to get leads every 10 seconds, right? There's always going to be a new way to market. So I actually take the stance of sales first and marketing second. And a lot of people are like, wait, what? 
that's not the flow. And I'm like, actually most big businesses start this way. So just a real quick for anybody listening who sees the blurred lines between marketing and sales, Mm -hmm. marketing is generating a lead. A lead is not paying you. Okay. (laughs) That is what marketing is. And things that are important in marketing are your messaging, who you attract in your marketing, who you want to attract in your marketing, the consistency of it and where it goes. And so if you're in a big company, the marketing department does that. What the sales department does is takes those leads and then cues them up for the salespeople, Mm -hmm. right? Yes. (laughs) And what I mean by cues them up, it's like, okay, great. They filled out an application online and now they're coming through to the salesperson. The salesperson is using the application to run the discovery call or the sales call and to close them. Okay. Mm -hmm. That is the difference between the roles of marketing and sales. Now, the other part of sales that's different than a big corporation that I consider underneath the bucket of sales is your offer, your offer positioning, which is super, super important. You have to have your offer and the positioning figured out before you can go to market so that your marketing is clear. So that's why I always say sales first. So sales is learning how to convert a lead into a paying client. That could be a DM conversation, a discovery call, emails, webinars. There's lots of different options there. So that's sales, figuring out that conversion piece alongside the offers, the pricing, the positioning. Once you have that done is when you do the marketing. Mm -hmm. That's gold. Absolutely gold. I feel like we should change marketing to lead generation. That's so much clearer. Like we should just scrap the word marketing and have lead gen versus sales. To me, in my mind, makes much more sense. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So before you pick your marketing strategies, you need to have the end in mind. And the end in mind is the sale. And working backwards from what you want to sell is going to help you dictate how you market. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, a lot of people are doing it completely Mm -hmm. backwards. Because if you start marketing before you know what you want to sell, guess what happens? You create a following, you create a sales funnel that's not going to where you want Mm -hmm. it to go. And that is the biggest mistake that I see when it comes to picking your marketing plan and also picking what you want to sell. So anybody listening right now, just take out a piece of paper and literally write down, what is it that I want to sell? Okay. And it's okay if you sell a lot of things right now, I want you to write down the number one thing that you want to sell. Now I want you to think, when was the last time you sold it and how you sold it? And then I want you to think, how did I find that person? And then I want you to think, you see where Mm -hmm. I'm going? You keep reverse engineering until you get to, oh, everybody is finding me on my podcast or, oh, my Facebook group is really where it's at. Or, oh my gosh, everyone reaches out to me on Instagram. And you start to realize the things that are working in your business by reverse engineering. Then I want you to work on that one point. So let's say it's podcasting. So now we're going to go all in on podcasting as long as not only is that where the traffic's coming, but what also is important is that you love it. Cause if you don't love your marketing, you're never going to do it and you're going to hide and you're going to have visibility issues. You're not going to make sales, like all of the mm-hmm. things and a friendly reminder here. It's okay to try a few things before you find mm-hmm. your thing. Right. And just because you get clients from one method, if you don't like it, you still need to change it. Yeah. Okay. There is literally 1 million ways to find leads, 1 million Mm -hmm. ways. And when people work with me, I frankly don't care which 1 million way you do it. (laughs) As long as you love it and it generates consistent Mm -hmm. leads. What I care about is when they come into your ecosystem, how are you closing Mm -hmm. them? How are you making sure you're converting more of your leads into paying clients? That is the key. And by reverse engineering, you will be happy with your sales. Mm -hmm. 
and consistent, which is the key word with your marketing. I love that. I love how you've also helped me in knowing it's okay. You've seen me try with my new business with this. I first did the workshop and the the beauty of that is you push me to do something. You know, you said, it's okay, just go try something. And so I did the workshop and it was okay, but I told you "Mm, it wasn't quite the right feel. It wasn't attracting the people that I wanted. So we said, okay, let's try something else. And I tried the retreat and that didn't go as planned. And now I've fallen into the podcast and we just talked before we got on this call of how it is the perfect right fit. And you said, when it's the perfect right fit, then it all just aligns. And I think that has been so helpful in my journey to know, again, I'm not a crazy person. There's going to be the trial and error. And it's like I talk about in my system is you've just got to get clear, align it with your activities and then recalibrate. You're constantly optimizing and trying the new things, but you can't do anything if you don't try. So I love that you share that. Along those lines, I know personally that you've shared with me some statistics on how to know that a system is right for you. So you've shared with my lead generation how I need to be hitting certain marks to know it's a good return on my investment in terms of my marketing activities. Can you share some of those statistics with us so we know, okay, I like this, but is it actually going to work in growing my business? Yes. Okay. So statistics are very personalized, just like everything that I teach, but I'm going to teach everyone right now how to create your own stats for your business, regardless of what your offer is. Cause I think that'll be really valuable to everybody listening. So let's say, for example, whatever you're selling is $3,000. The first stat you need to know is how are you converting people to that $3,000? Let's say you're running discovery calls. So then what happens before discovery calls? you're booking discovery calls, right? So let's just say you are doing direct outreach to book those discovery calls and you reach out to 100 people and a really good return rate on a cold outreach, you would have 10 people respond. And let's say you booked 30% of the people that responded. Mm -hmm. Okay. So then that's three booked calls. And then let's say your closing rate is 50%. So that's a one and a half people, which then will take you to $4,500 in sales. So regardless of what business you have, you need to be calculating all of those different levels so that you can stay accountable, right? So if you do a hundred outreaches and your sales goals for the month is $4,500, then that's perfect. But let's say you want to make 10,000. So if you want to make $10,000, you need to do a few things. You either need to boost your conversion rate on your discovery Mm -hmm. calls or make more outreaches. And being the scientist and the investigator of your business is what's going to help you reach your goals time and time again. And it keeps you accountable because listen, as an entrepreneur, it can be sort of isolating sometimes. So if you don't have metrics as accountability, no matter how many programs you're in, no matter how many coaches you have, it's not going to push you past that level of consistent accountability. Mm -hmm. The metrics are just so, so important. So I encourage everyone listening right now to just take the time and start to track your stats and to create metrics for your business so that you don't feel worried about what next month will look like. Because once you can start to track your conversion rates and you have some data, Do you know how good it feels to wake up the first Monday of the month and be like, all I need to do is make four social media posts because that's how I book my calls or all I need to do is two podcasts or whatever it is. That becomes very liberating. Mm -hmm. And then you break it down by week. Then you break it down by day, right? 
And it becomes these micro steps in your business that no longer feel overwhelming. So really the power is in the math and it's in the data. Yeah. So really from what I'm hearing you saying is the first step that you really need to know is what is your goal for how much you want to make. And that's when you're reverse engineering it is, okay, well, you know, you want to make X and you sell something and it costs X. And so what are the steps that get you to sell one of those things at X cost and you work your way backwards. And so it's looking through not only what are your goals, but what are your processes? And maybe it's trying a couple processes until you start to get the ball rolling to see, okay, if I do this, I will book a client and working backwards in that way. Exactly. And this works for people even who aren't doing discovery calls. If you're a major email mm-hmm. marketer, you just need to start tracking your stats in your email mm-hmm. marketing, right? How many emails does it take to sell something? What's your average cart value? Being the scientist and being the investigator of your business is going to pay itself tenfold yeah. over and over again. And what do you see when people are like, all in on something and they love doing it, but they're not getting the results they want. Have you encouraged people then to find a mentor in that space to help them tweak and be better? Or would you tell people maybe it's time to look at a different marketing route? Okay. So first thing is when you create something and you love it, but it's not giving you the results, Mm -hmm. do not throw it out. Like You yourself either need to be the investigator and the scientist and try to figure out what is broken. Cause a lot of times it just takes a small tweak. Mm -hmm. It just takes a small tweak. So I get hired by seven figure online business owners to help them with various things in terms of sales. And so I've had the honor of observing them in their business too. And they don't throw everything out. Like if they miss a mark on a webinar conversion or something, they think, well, where did I lose people? Where's the data of the webinar? Mm -hmm. Where did people jump off? Oh, they jumped off on slide 52. I should probably change slide 52. So before they say, that's it, my webinar stinks. I'm never doing it again. Mm-hmm. And emails are horrible. My offer is horrible. Like there's no freak outs, yeah. right? It's taking the data and making the tweaks. So if you feel like that is out of your zone of genius, do not throw out your marketing until you book a call or a strategy session or join a program or get a course to figure out how you can tweak what you love. Because if you can tweak what you love, then that's the ideal situation, right? Exactly. So really the steps are one, what is your goal? So you can reverse engineer the action steps you need to take, but then that goes hand in hand with what do you actually enjoy doing? And so maybe that's trial and error, but once you figure out, okay, you know, you love doing this, then it's just optimizing and tweaking that looking at all of the metrics in order to help you continue to reach that goal. And if you reach that goal on your own, great. But if you get stuck, don't throw it out, find a specialist or a mentor to help you through that. Am I correct? Yes, you absolutely nailed it. And the thing to remember about marketing is that marketers are really good marketers. So when you see ads in your Facebook feed, you need to be a discerning buyer. If you are looking to work with somebody, don't let somebody bull you into a faster yes than you're ready because speed is the name of the game and really good marketers with really good systems are going to push you beyond your comfort zone to say yes sometimes. Mm -hmm. Now I will say sometimes that push is exactly what you need and it's totally appropriate, but at the same time, don't feel less empowered to say, I need some time or to take the time to digest it, to make sure it is exactly what you need. Mm -hmm. So it's just really important that we're discerning and we spend our money wisely, especially when it comes to marketing. Now, I will tell you right now, sales is not the same as marketing. 
Okay. Sales strategies for closing sales calls or having sales conversations. There is only a couple of ways that work. Mm -hmm. So that is not the same, but marketing. Oh my goodness. There's 4 million ways you can market. Well, so talk to us about support, like for people who feel like they need help. Maybe this whole thing is overwhelming and they're just like, help SOS. I don't know what to do. Let's talk about sales because I do think that's an interesting facet of there is a difference between sales and marketing. So tell us how you can support people and what our next best step is for getting our sales in order and then our marketing in order. So when people come to me and how I can support people is like, you are a perfect example of great. I want to transition my business, but I don't know what the offer should be. I don't know what the pricing should be. I don't know what the positioning should be. And I don't know what my sales conversion method is going to be. Mm-hmm. Right. So if those are your questions in your mind, then absolutely. That's something that I can help with. My zone of expertise is exactly that. And then I love myself a discovery call. <laughs> <laughs> I love discovery calls. I think they're super fun. And they're a great way for getting cash injections into your business mm-hmm. quickly. Right. Mm-hmm. And because I have the honor of working with some of these much bigger companies than my own, it's really interesting to me. You'll see this happen with most big online entrepreneurs. So they start out doing discovery calls Mm -hmm. and they master their own discovery calls. And then they start to just use like DM enrollment or webinars Mm -hmm. or emails because they've got it down. People are saying yes without a lot of heavy lifting. Right. Mm -hmm. But then they get the opportunity to scale and they're like, wait, now I need a sales team. So it's kind of like this roller coaster thing that I am observing as there's a dip in the need for the discovery calls and then they come back. But it's not them doing it. It's a team doing it. And that's how you can scale. Yes. Uh. And I will tell you that if you didn't master your own discovery call and now you're trying to train salespeople Mm -hmm. to close your own stuff, what do you think is going to happen? Right. So my word of advice to everyone is please, for the love of God, just master your discovery calls. It is literally the number one skill that every business owner needs. And I will tell you, it's not just to get a client. Let's say you want to form an affiliate partnership with somebody who's a bigger deal than you are. Mm -hmm. What does that feel like? Sales. So the skills that you learn by mastering a discovery call carry over to all the other negotiation and influence that you need in your business to grow. Mm -hmm. And you have a very easy way to help people start mastering your discovery calls on top of all the other help with the sales. So can you share those two things with us? And then we can move into rapid fire questions. Yay. Sounds super fun. Okay. A couple of ways. If you need the whole enchilada, you're like, Michelle, help me, save me. Let's sell some more. And you want closing techniques and all of the things from A to Z, then that would be my sales success lab, which is my group coaching program, which is an amazing place, not just to master sales, but to also build community and make sales to each other, which is always super fun. And that's what I'm in for everybody listening. (laughs) I can attest to it. The other thing you can do right now, if you're listening to this and you're like, A, you don't know how to create an offer or B, you don't know how to close a sales call. I have two digital courses out there that can help you with both. So I have my power of three price package and position, your irresistible offer stack that is available right now. And then my other digital product is my discovery call success pack. So if you're the type of person that just wants to dig in right now, give me all the things, Michelle, let me take off, then go grab one of those two. And then if you're like, nope, I need some help. 
then please reach out to me and I'd be happy to help you with both those things. <laughs> yes, I will have everything linked in the show notes. So everybody can click there. You can see all of the amazingness that Michelle has. As I've said, she's helped me through this whole process. And after this call, you and I are going to talk more about the sales thing with my new funnel because you've just Yay! had so many ahas going off here. Oh my gosh, I love it. Let's move on if you're ready to the rapid fire questions. Oh my goodness gracious. Okay, let's do it. Ready? All right. So first and foremost, what is your favorite strategy to help you be more present and productive besides what you've talked about today on the podcast? Me first. Mm, love that. Me first. And it might come off as like, that was abrupt, Michelle. That's kind of selfish. But I'm like, no, you know how if the plane's going down, your oxygen mask needs to be on first before you can help anyone. Now, finding that time to do it, you have to make it a priority. So I get up when it's still dark and I go and do my workout because I know that if I don't do it first, I'm A, I'm a very grumpy parent. And then B, like, I feel like my whole day is just off. And I know that if I wait till the middle of the day, I won't do it. So yeah, it makes you a better you is what it does. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I'm an athlete. And so if I don't have that adrenaline going, it just makes me feel better. Yeah. Well, along that same route, my next question for you is what's your go-to self-care routine? Ooh, okay. Go-to. I actually have a lot. (laughs) Let's hear it. Your favorite activities. All right. Well, first of all, I take care of my face. Okay. My face is very important. So I get facials, all of the things I buy expensive products. I have my facial routine and I have a very particular way that I like to get my hair done. Mm -hmm. I do not skimp on taking care of my body, especially from the neck above. (laughs) Okay. So that is like a big thing for me. And I never go to bed without washing my face and doing my skin routine Mm -hmm. ever. Like never in my life since I started a skin routine when I was like 16. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. And it goes back to what you said in your first point. It's me first, you know, what works for you and and you make sure to do that to make you feel good. So that's great. Yeah. And I have those really inexpensive target masks. They're like a buck or two Mm -hmm. or whatever. And there's a cucumber one and I give them to my kids. So when I'm doing my thing, I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh, you guys can do it too. So self-care doesn't need to be alone sometimes either. Right. And I love it's model. I'm sure I've I've told you before, we have me time nights, my husband and I each have our own and we have a spouse night and we've also done date nights with the kids. And so we just feel it's very important to show them and tell them like, Hey, mom and dad have me time and you can have me time too. If you need some alone time, just tell us, but we all deserve to have time to be us as individuals, not just us as the mom or the entrepreneur. We're also human being ourselves. And so I love that you're modeling that for your kids by letting them see what you do and helping them explore that for themselves too. That's such an important lesson. Like that was such a mic drop. Everyone should listen to that. (laughs) Do a little rewind replay. (laughs) All right. Next, what is the number one essential support you have that you can't live without? My kids are not in my house all day. That is it. We have never been good with nannies because if the nanny's here, then they want me. That never worked for our family. So my kids have been in daycare and after school care forever. That didn't stop when I went down the entrepreneur route. Mm -hmm. And I think that's important for people to know. I created a lot of financial success in my business very quickly Mm -hmm. because I wasn't trying to mom 
the equal amount of build my business. Now that's a total personal choice, Mm -hmm. but I think it's only fair if I'm transparent that my kids are taking care of for 40 hours a week while I was building my business for the first 18 months. And that was a really important thing for me. Now that I'm there, I don't need the after school care anymore. Mm -hmm. Actually this year, I'm like celebrating that this is the first year that my kids will just go to school, regular school hours. Mm And they won't go to after school care. And so to me, that's a really big win. It means, wow, that hard work was totally worth it. Mm -hmm. And now I get to enjoy that. Yeah, I love that. And I love hearing everybody's different paths because just like with sales, just with marketing, just with everything, there's so many different ways that you can go about it. And like you said, it's figuring out what's right for you. And so I love that you found that. And I know I too find support with kids to be crucial because I like to compartmentalize my work and my mom time so that I can give a hundred percent and that full focus when I'm doing it. I just can't juggle both. And I know some women prefer to do that and more power to you, but that is not my zone of genius. Yeah, no, I'm not like that either. I need the time blocks. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Last one. Tell me your most stereotypical mompreneur moment. Think kids running through a Zoom call with underwear on their heads. Tell us one of your hilarious stories that we can all relate to and laugh about. Oh my goodness. Okay. So that's actually probably going to be my example. During the very first time I was selling the sales success lab. And when I didn't have all my boundaries in my business down, Mm -hmm. I took a sales call on a Saturday morning Okay. and I took the call because I had an open cart. I felt the pressure, all of the things it was the first time I was launching my group program. It was the only time she could do it. I was like, oh my God, I guess I'm doing it. So I made cinnamon rolls for my kids. Oh, for everybody listening, I built my business while my husband was 3000 miles away only coming home every couple of months. So that's the other piece of why I needed the childcare. Yeah. So anyway, I made cinnamon rolls for them and I like put them in front of the iPads. I was using like all the stuff I had. And I literally (laughs) said, mommy just needs 30 minutes. Please, if you're not bleeding, dying, and there's no emergency, please just figure it out. And mind you, at the time my kids were like maybe three and a half and seven. So it's not like I was leaving a newborn baby to like figure it out, right? So I have them in there and I go and I lock my door. Mm -hmm. So my son can pick a lock. A little adventurer, huh? (laughs) Smart kid, not good. So 15 minutes into my 30 minutes, Mm -hmm. he picked the lock and entered the Zoom call. Oh no. And so he's in the background in underwear and a (laughs) t-shirt. Well, I'm trying to be professional and mind you, I'm the sales coach who teaches discovery calls and I'm like, oh my God, this is so mortifying. They wouldn't leave. They're on my lap. They're climbing all over like monkeys. And I didn't want to scream because then I'm like crazy mom in front of my potential client, but I wanted to scream. Right. And I mean, it was horrendous. Long story short, they finally left and I still closed it. And the lesson to this for everybody is it doesn't have to be perfect for it to work. Mm-hmm. If you have a framework and you know where you're going, it can be successful even when life happens. That is amazing. I love that. I love that it's a success story at the end, which is no shock because you are the sales success lab owner. So of course yeah. you're going to have success with your sales, but I love 
the possibilities and knowing that even when a sales coach who's rocking it all the time has the mompreneur inevitably eke into <laughs> the entrepreneur yes. part of what you're doing, you can still rock it out. Michelle, thank you so much for joining us. You have given us so many gold nuggets. I can't wait for everybody to listen to all you have to say. And I can't wait to hop on our next call and dive into some of the stuff we talked about too. Fantastic. Thank you so much for having me, Megan. This is a great podcast and I'm super pumped for you. Thank you. Everybody, make sure to head to the show notes so you can see all of Michelle's amazing tools to help you with your sales. Thanks again. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Remember to subscribe so you don't miss a thing. Want more? Head to themompreneurguy.com to grab my personal framework for living a present and productive life and to hear my real-time ahas on Telegram. See you next time.